Welcome to You Ask Why. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of You Ask Why, where you take some whys of life and offer perspectives into the unconventional, conventional way of living life. Hi, I'm Lee Won. Hi, I'm Regina. Hi, I'm Erin. Hi, I'm Jocelyn. Today, we'll be discussing a very serious topic, eating disorders. While many have an idea of what eating disorders are, there are many misconceptions that people might have about them. It might be a difficult concept for someone who has never struggled with eating disorders to understand why people develop eating disorders. A little disclaimer here that we are not professionally trained doctors who can diagnose the listeners or give any medical advice. But what we would like to do in this first part episode is to educate people about the different types of eating disorders and to hear stories from people who have struggled with eating disorders. The four most common eating disorders are anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, and orthorexia. Anorexia, also known as anorexia nervosa, involves the partial or complete abstinence from foods, be it solid or liquid, as one believes that any amount of food will cause weight gain. It is an eating disorder characterized by an abnormally low body weight and an intense fear of gaining weight as well as a distorted perception of weight. In order to prevent weight gain, people with anorexia severely restrict the amount of food they eat through means such as vomiting after meals, misusing laxatives, and exercising excessively. However, symptoms are often difficult to recognize as what is considered a low body weight differs from individual to individual, and some people might not appear to be extremely thin or even attempt to disguise their appearance because of self-consciousness. One thing we need to note though is that anorexia isn't always about food. Rather, it's an extremely unhealthy and sometimes life-threatening way of dealing with emotional problems. Bulimia is a psychological eating disorder in which you have episodes of binge eating. During these binges, you have no sense of control over your eating. Afterward, you try inappropriate ways to lose weight such as vomiting, fasting, enemas, excessive use of laxative and diuretics, and compulsive exercising. Bulimia tends to start in late childhood or early adulthood. You usually binge and purge in secret. You feel disgusted and ashamed when you binge, but relieved once you purge. People with bulimia usually weigh within the normal range for their age and height, but they may fear gaining weight, want to lose weight, and feel very dissatisfied with their bodies. Currently, scientists are not sure of the exact cause of bulimia, but research suggests that there is a mixture of certain personality traits, emotions, thinking patterns, as well as biological and environmental factors that may be responsible. Next, we'll be talking about binge eating. Binge eating disorder is a serious eating disorder in which you frequently consume unusually large amounts of food and feel unable to stop eating. Almost everyone overeats on occasions, such as having second or third servings of a holiday meal. But for some people, excessive overeating that feels out of control and becomes a regular occurrence crosses the line to binge eating disorder. When you have binge eating disorder, you may be embarrassed about overeating and vow to stop, but you feel such a compulsion that you can't resist the urges and continue binge eating. On the other hand, orthorexia is an unhealthy focus on eating in a healthy way. Eating nutritious food is good, but if you have orthorexia, you obsess about it to a degree that it damages your overall well-being. Unlike other eating disorders, orthorexia mostly revolves around food quality, not quantity. It isn't an official diagnosis, but the basic idea is that it includes eating habits that reject a variety of foods for not being pure enough. 
eventually, people with orthorexia begin to avoid whole meals that don't meet their standards, or that they don't make themselves. Since none of us here have enough experience with eating disorders, we have interviewed some people for them to tell their stories. First up, we have Li Shan, who is a very beautiful yoga teacher and influencer. She'll be sharing about her struggles with the different types of eating disorders. So Li Shan, please. For me, I've been struggling with an eating disorder since I was 15. I guess because I've always been in performing arts since I was in primary school. Like in P2, I was selected to join choir and um, Chinese dance. And then uh, in secondary school, I chose to be in English drama. And then in JC, I, um, I took theater studies and drama. Yeah, so from there, um, I had a career in, yeah, like acting, like in TV, commercials, um, in USS and so on. Mm, and then I've also been a yoga teacher for the past six years. Yeah, so I feel like all my jobs, you know, require one to like look good, like be fit, be skinny, be slim. And our society is very focused on like looks, like that's kind of like the first thing that most people judge us and especially women as well. So um, I think I've come a really long way in terms of managing my eating disorder. Like for me, I think it started with anorexia and um, exercise addiction. Then it became bulimia, you know, when I um, started learning that I can like purge my food after eating. Then, I, then my mindset was like, oh, you know, since I can uh, self-induce vomiting, then I, now I can just eat anything I want, you know, I no longer have to restrict. I can just... No, I no longer have to like, exercise off my calories, you know, I can just get rid of it. Um, yeah. So it just uh, ignited this very vicious cycle of bin binge purging. Mm. And then there was a period uh, in JC after my first breakup where I was really depressed. And then I also retained in JC because I changed from science to arts. Which was a good decision because I did well. But yeah, during that period, you know, because like, have like relationship failed and uh, studies wasn't good, then it became binge eating. So yeah, I, like, I gained a lot of weight. Mm. And so really struggling with an eating disorder is very hard. And especially like, you know, when you gain or lose weight, then people will comment about you. Yeah, I mean, I've been through so much, like taking lots of diet pills. Um, laxatives, diuretics, yeah, over-exercising, like even though it's raining, I'll still go swimming, even though my ankle hurts, I will um, still go running, yeah, um, I remember that once I hurt so hard when I was like 17 that I actually broke my tailbone and it's still broken, yeah, um, and a lot of other things, yeah, I've actually almost died like a few times from my eating disorder. I dropped a lot of hair, had like very brittle nails, uh, like burst blood vessels in my eyes and my face. I still have a cut in my throat from like a lot of purging and I spend like a lot of money on binging on food. Like on average I would like binge and purge twice a day. And um, I think the worst was like binging five times in 24 hours and that happened like a few times. Yeah. Mm, and like getting headaches and stomach aches and uh, 
like pins and needles, you know, due to like electrolyte loss. Thank you so much, Li Shan, for sharing your vulnerable stories with us and the audience. Next up, we have Constance, who is a Jiu-Jitsu world champion, to share her stories about how she developed anorexia and bulimia in sports school. For me, I suffered with both anorexia and bulimia. I was really deep in it when I was a swimmer. What led to me developing bulimia or anorexia was a comment that was said to me when I was in secondary I wasn't doing that well as an athlete in swimming and my timings were not so good. I wasn't improving at all. I was in sports school and people were trying to find out why I wasn't improving. And my coach who was from China got me to step on the scale every day and he came up with the conclusion that the reason why I'm not doing well is because of my weight. And even then, I was actually pretty clean with my diet because I mean, in sports school, we can't really choose what to eat. Everything is planned for us. Then it came down to kind of like a self-esteem issue also because I was also a teenager in a mixed school and being told that I'm too heavy and being a teenager basically it's really really tough to hear you know and and you're just kind of like figuring yourself out and especially when when you're in sports and elite sports there's so much expectations and it just kind of screws up getting to know yourself better and your whole identity you know especially like when you're struggling so much in the sport that you're in and then people are saying that okay the problem is you but then you you're also not quite sure how to fix the problem because you didn't know that there was a problem to begin with, like with eating and everything. Like I said, because I don't control my own eating, I basically just follow what the school gives me to eat. I was eating a rather clean diet. So it was a lot of confusion there. And I had a senior who also faced the kind of same treatment, who was training with me also, same treatment, treatment from my coach. And it just became a competition between both of us, who can lose weight faster. I'm very competitive and I mean we're, we're swimmers, we're, it's a very individual sport and we are very competitive and we ended up kind of like straying from our sport. I think my focus quickly became, my passion became trying to be skinnier, seeing a, a, a lower number each time I step on the scale because we were told to do so before every gym session. Even when I was finally at my goal weight, I took it personally because I felt that it wasn't enough. Because after being defined so long by my weight, right? and being told that I'm not enough because of my weight and how I looked. I mean, there were also comments made. I remember there was this one time I was at training and I was drinking a lot of water because it was like after a tough set. And then you know how swimming costumes are? Costumes are very tight, right? The core of who I was back then was already so insecure. One guy made a comment saying like, hey, maybe can you like suck in your tummy because you look like you're pregnant? You know, that kind of thing. So it was very like, it's so embarrassing. And especially when you're that insecure, you're just like, I, I cannot stand myself, you know, like, oh, why can't I be a certain weight? Why can't people accept me for who I am? There were just so many questions and so much confusion and it was so detrimental to my mental well-being and I just had such a negative body image. But I think it's also tied to what I was already going through, like growing up, the type of environment I was in, the peers that I had, the environment, the sporting environment that I had in school. It was all tied to that, but it was just like an atomic bomb one statement and just basically everything blew up. It got so bad to the extent where like I became really very skinny and I mean my times didn't improve. It improved for a bit because I was lighter but then after a while when I went too deep in into losing weight buying like skinny mint tea basically dehydrates your body. It doesn't really help you lose weight it just dehydrates your body. I was going to the extremes of running 10k and nobody knew about it. When I was in sports school I would wake up at 6am and I'll run 10ks on a treadmill and I'll pretend and like go down at about 6.30 and then pretend that I just woke up when I was actually running in the gym. 
And looking back, it was just so crazy because like I would go to that kind of extremes and it was like this dark cloud over me, you know, like I just had to step on the scale each time. I just had to not eat. I just had to be so wary about how people looked at me and the number that I see each time I step on the scale. And my body was constantly like, it just couldn't rest, you know, because it was worried about so many different things. And it's just, you know, once you're in it, you cannot get out of it. It's a, it's like an addiction. It's a terrible, terrible addiction. And I wouldn't wish this on anybody. It's just horrible. I should not be defined by how I look. Thank you so much to Constance for opening up about your eating disorders. We hope that these stories can warn listeners about the dangers of eating disorders. And if you find yourself to be in a similar situation as what they have described, please visit a doctor and know that there are many people around you to support you. On another note, many people may also think that only women suffer from eating disorders because, well, society deems women as superficial and vain who care solely about their appearance and body. But well, the truth is, men can also struggle with eating disorders and we need to acknowledge and understand that before men are comfortable to open up and share their struggles. Many of them tend to keep it a secret in fears that society and their friends will view them as vain. The thing with eating disorders is that it is never about vanity, but more about the way the control over your body. So, we have also interviewed Sean, who is a radio personality and a spin instructor, about his struggles and why people develop eating disorders. Uh, I think what really caused us to feel negative about ourselves is comparing ourselves to what is in mainstream media. So things like TV shows, movies, and right now, especially social media, because social media is bigger than uh, your TV or whatever, right? So people feel like that's where they get their inspiration from. And, you know, it's, it's, it's basically validation. It's where you get, you know, the people with the most likes feel the most love. So because of that, you feel like, okay, my body needs to be a bit more perfect. My body needs to be a bit more uh, like this other person's or this other influencers, blah, blah, blah. And then you start comparing yourself. And the moment you start comparing yourself, that's where you go down the rabbit hole and you become critical and you pick apart each particular body part and you just try to do something. And without the proper knowledge of like fitness, dieting, rest, and like mental wellness, right? Uh, without that kind of guidance, the one feeling that sad or that like critical about themselves can only go down the rabbit hole. And like the, the worst thing I did was to starve myself. You know, so you start starving yourself and you in hopes of getting anywhere close to what that person looks like, but not knowing that, okay, sometimes that thing can be fake, can be Photoshop, can be good lighting, can be, you know, just layering or whatever it is, or just genetics in the first place as well. We have come to the end of the first part episode about eating disorders, where we found people to share about their personal stories and struggles. We hope that you found this helpful and hopefully learned something new about eating disorders. Overcoming eating disorders is never as easy as just eat. It is a very complex and long process about overcoming your thoughts and accepting yourself. In the next part episode, we'll be exploring how these people have overcome their negative body image and the advice that they can provide for the listeners. So, stay tuned! If you would like to listen to the full stories of the people in this episode, please head over to our Instagram at knowyourworth. That is K-N-O-W-Y-O-U-R W-O-R-R-T-H-H Double R and Double H We'll be uploading the full recording very soon But meanwhile, you can scroll through our feed 
to learn more about body neutrality and body image. If you suspect that you have an eating disorder and wish to seek help, you can visit Singapore General Hospital where they have a dedicated program for management of eating disorders. We hope that all of you have a great day ahead and as usual, you are all so, so beautiful and loved. Goodbye!